Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field, going back to Sayre, and Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Ready to do, to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, December 9th. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk to you guys about. Um, we got the Music City Bowl. Um, we already talked about it a little bit, but just kind of want to mention some guys that might be playing, some guys that might not be playing. Um, <clears throat> we have Zach Evans, maybe taking a possibly, visit. maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be another roller coaster that. Um, like it was when he was in high school. But, hey, we're here for the ride. Um, we got a lot of recruiting news. We got another commitment on Monday. That marks, I think, three in the last week. Um, I think you could could get some good news tomorrow as well with a wide receiver out of uh, Georgia. And uh, then we're talking about a game that we would like to forget that happened on Tuesday night. I mean, just ugly. Disgusting. Yeah. Awful. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit, not too much, because, you know, I, I never want to – I don't even want to see a highlight from that game ever again. Um, I, I know one that's going around, and it's Josiah Jordan-James, you know, on that breakaway. Um, but, yeah, I'd like it if it would never show up on my timeline ever again. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so, there. we're going to talk about that. <clears throat> um, we got some segments as well. That we'll talk about. If y'all have any questions, drop them in the chat or comments, or y'all want to roast me or Joe, that's cool too. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> but we want to interact with you guys, so so hop in here if you will. First things first, Music City Bowl. What's your thoughts? Because me and Caleb talked about it on Sunday night. You weren't here, so I do want to get your thoughts on Tennessee heading to the Music City Bowl. Um, I mean. It's basically a home game. I mean, I know we're gonna absolutely pack that place. Nashville is gonna be gonna be bumping that weekend. So, I mean, I'm definitely we gotta wear white. Them. We're the visitor team. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm sure it'll be a sea of orange anyway. Um, yeah. But no, I'm super excited. I, I wish I could go, but um, I'm sure it's it's a good it's a I mean it's a good matchup. I know we had some other sets, but we're, we'll uh, get into soon whether we think it's you know, produce the, who we wanted, but I mean, I don't, it'll be a good game. I don't think it's going to be like a blowout per se, but I'm excited for it. We're going bowling. That's all. I mean, small steps. Yeah. I mean, you got to be happy with a bowl game, no matter where it's at. Um, Yeah. Having an in state where people don't have to travel a ton. I I think that's definitely good for Tennessee. The price gouging I could do without. Um, And then the last music city bowl, I was actually there. And the field just didn't look great. I think Caleb mentioned it on Sunday. It just wasn't what you expect the bowl game to look like. I know they're in season, so I know they can't do the checkerboard. Um, I think the Titans actually play that weekend at 
in in Nissan Stadium, so that, that's probably not likely. But dude, make it look nice. We shouldn't yeah. be able. We shouldn't see the Titans logo on the fifty yard line. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Titans fans, but it just doesn't look good. Make it look good. Um, kind of celebrate these teams a little bit more for for getting to where they were uh, or where they are. And uh, Tennessee welcomes in former head coach Jeff Brom. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it'll be – uh, You think Jimmy Homs and Jeff Brom should take a picture? For sure. I, I want to see that on my timeline. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I want to see on my timeline, not the Josiah Jordan-James breakaway for sure. No. <sighs> Um, but Purdue, they, they, I forget who their starting quarterback was to begin the season, but Aiden O'Connell took over, I think in the fifth game and has thrown for 3,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and they have no problem throwing the ball over 50 times a game. You know, that's perfectly fine with them. I think they only average 89 yards on the ground a game. Um, so this team wants to sit back there and throw it, which makes me a little nervous, you know, not having Elante Taylor, and not having very good safety play and linebackers and coverage has been an issue. So uh, it kind of worries me a little bit. But, you know, David Bell mentioned that he is declaring for the NFL draft. I guess the bowl game's still undecided with him. But my thought is, like, if you declare for the draft, you're saying your goodbyes. Like, you're not playing right, in a right. bowl game. Um so I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Maybe he ends up playing. But I, I think if you already declare now, you're not playing. You don't plan on playing in a a bowl game that I think it, it should be celebrated, but it's also not the college football playoff. Right. You know, so if you have a chance, you know, I don't know what his grade is in, in terms of the NFL, whether it's late first round, second round, early third round, whatever. Um, but if you have a chance to make that kind of guaranteed money, why risk playing? And maybe I'm just a homer. Right. I just don't want him to really play. Um, but maybe I do. Maybe the competitive in me wants him. I want Purdue to be full strength. That way they can't go back and say, oh, we only lost Tennessee because David Bell or whoever their defensive end, George Carloftis or however you can say yeah. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was good. I, I would take that. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Carloftis sounds right to me. Okay. Yeah. That was just on a wing, but that's just what rolled off the tongue. So I think we're rolling with it. Yeah. I was, I was going to. Um, George K. Um, yeah. But Carl Loftus, yeah, sure. Let's roll with that. Um, I, I do kind of want them at full strength, but then I also want to win the game. So Right. I Whatever. want them at full strength, but then I see David Bell's got, I think, 116 yards a game, like average. So, I mean, like, part of me is like, well, I mean, you know, maybe I would like to at least not get destroyed there. So, you're right. I mean, it's kind of like a toss-up, but um, – as far as that goes, Carl Loftus, what we're rolling with, and Bell are both – they both declare for the draft, but, again, they both haven't said if they're playing the bowl game. But I think you're right. Like, why would you at that point risk it? It's it's not a college football playoff. You've already announced that, like, right now. So, like, would you come back and step back in and be like, but we're still going to be at the bowl game. Like, if we're not hearing about it now, I feel like it's – they might not play. I don't know. Yeah. It's still up in the air. But, um, yeah, you mentioned David Bell and his yards per game. He is uh, 1,286 yards this season, six touchdowns, 93 catches. He is the Big Ten receiver of the year. So, you know, I I know Ohio State has a buttload of receivers, but, you know, David Bell topped all those guys, Alave and – Right. There's another guy too. I forget it. 
forget his name, but yeah, I think that's a big loss for them. But also, if you kind of look at it, we lose Alante, so you know that kind of goes right. hand in hand. But uh, yeah, Tennessee hasn't done a great job protecting the quarterback. So George Karloftis um, will go, and I don't think Cade Mays will probably go in this game. You know, looking at he's looking at the NFL and dealing with an injury as well, so I doubt he goes. So it'll kind of be even. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. So yeah, they can't really you lose our tackle, you lose your end. We lose our corner, right. you lose your receiver. That, that's fair. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I am excited about this game. I think it's going to be – I wish it wasn't Thursday at 3 o'clock, okay? That's just yeah. a weird – you know, if it's on New Year's Day at 3 o'clock, that's cool because everybody's usually off. But it's – I don't know. That's a, a diff, difficult time to catch that game if you're not going. Yeah. I just – I don't know. There's only, what, like four set main bowls that day. So, I mean, like, I don't see why we had to – I don't know, the whole schedule. But uh, I would at least like a night game. If we're going to do Thursday, give us a 7 or 8 o'clock game. Yeah. Hide up the I, ugly field. I, I guess it was the same time the last time I went. But I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have a big boy job yet, so maybe that wasn't I, – I just didn't care. When it was, I was going to go right. regardless. But yeah, just a weird time um, at three. I guess that's two east, two central time. Um, okay, yeah. But so Alante Taylor's not playing. Who plays in place of him? Is it Kamal Haddon, who we've seen quite a bit um, this season with, you know, guys with some injuries? He's gotten in the game quite a bit. Or, or do you get, since you have almost a month to prepare? Do you get somebody else ready? Is it a Brandon Turnage? Is it a uh, Deshaun Rucker who's, you know, showed some promise, um, especially in the spring? Brandon Turnage, who was SEC uh, Defensive Player of the Week against Missouri. You know, does he get a, a chance to show what he can do um, in, in a in a bowl game like this? I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's a lot on somebody because you're kind of coming in and this team throws it you know, 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, I think it, it probably goes back to, I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but it it's kind of the next man up mentality, but we're not at practices. We're not, we're not there behind the scenes. So if someone's really showing out or vice versa, someone seems to be slacking on one in the ball. I mean, that's probably a coaching decision that I would trust that they would, they would make the right choice and be able to, you know, act quickly and, and put the right move to move people around to the right spots there to prepare for that. But yeah, that, that that Purdue offense definitely scares me, especially with Lante Taylor out. So if if we don't get it right off the bat and start the right people, I hope we can make adjustments in the game and you know, really I don't know. I don't want to see them exploit us and O'Connell drop bombs in the deep in the backfield. Right. Um but it seems like Purdue is like only great when they play really good teams. Um they call them like uh the spoiler makers. Oh, I like that. I haven't heard that, but I like that. Because they, um, you know, they play Ohio State. They beat them a couple of years ago with Rondell Moore. Um, I think they, they're the ones who beat Wake Forest, correct? Yes. Okay. I think. Because they beat – Who else did they beat? They beat this this year? Yeah. Yeah, they beat they beat two-ranked Iowa and three-ranked Michigan State. And we, we right. didn't make that Michigan joke State. that they just – they just like – they know that they're not in contention for the playoff, but they like to just – mess around and like really cause chaos in that 
that playoff bracket, which they definitely did, taking out the number two and three team at the time was huge. So, yeah, and those um, teams ended up kind of falling off toward the end, but right. uh, yeah, I mean, you got that under your belt. They're number two and number three at the time, so you got to prepare for that. They scored 31 points against number four Ohio State, which isn't easy. So, yeah, I think this is a really capable offense. I don't know how good they are defensively. Um, I mean, they've got some shutouts. I mean, Iowa's terrible offensively, so I'm not reading into that. Um, 44-7, Indiana. Indiana's not great either. Um, I don't know. I think this, I think this Purdue team's a, a pretty good matchup in terms of – I think they're a quality opponent. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got anything else for the Music City Ball? I didn't want to talk about it too much because we're going to continue to talk about it in, in more depth. Um, it, it looks like Tennessee is – I haven't heard anybody else, you know, want to transfer or opt out. I mean, they start practice, I think, on this week sometime. Um, so if you're going to make your move, um, you know, next week you can't – you can't go on visits. You know, it starts that day, dead period. You can't go on visits. You can't, you know, see coaches. You know, they're traveling around, so, you know, they can't, um, you know, come visit you or anything like that. So, if you're wanting to open that thing up, you would think now's the time to do that. You know, if you right. wait into next week, you're not you're not visiting anywhere unless you go on your own dime and you're not meeting with coaches. So, if you're wanting to be somewhere in January, this is the time to do that. You know, maybe they want to go through spring and kind of weigh their options at that point, but then you risk, you know, not going to a place you want to go because they might not have a spot for you. Right. And I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen any, you know, moves from the transfer portal. Maybe that says a lot about the staff. You know, they're able to keep guys that, that aren't really playing to kind of sell them on, on where they want to use them going forward, but I mean, some guys that barely like D Beckwith, um, you know, Jimmy Holiday, like guys like that who, you know, you thought maybe would have a role in this team and just really didn't, you would think you'd see them in the portal, which, you know, that's the easy thing to do right now is enter the portal, but um, we haven't seen it from hardly anybody. I mean, Ty and Evans, and that was just a weird – you saw Harrison Bailey in the middle of the season, but the Ty and Evans thing, I mean – I think he's a special talent. I think he's injury prone, um, but it just seemed like he didn't want to be here and went to Louisville. I mean, Louisville's not a contender for anything. So that was just a weird – I don't know. I just didn't really understand other than he just didn't want to be in Knoxville. Right. I mean, Harrison Bailey made sense, obviously. I mean, you saw how much we hyped him up before he's coming in. He's got extremely raw talent that just doesn't fit into what we're doing right now, um, especially if Hooker – he stays next year, and then we got Taven Jackson coming in. So it's just – I don't think it's set up to what he imagined it would be, where he would come in and be the starter right behind Garantano and basically boost his career off that. But other than that, I think Hypo and his staff done a good job with retention and building that that team mentality that, like, hey, you know, like you said with D-Beck with, like, for some, for example, you might not be, like, where you want to be, but we're a team. We're going to build that together, and, like, these guys need you. So, yeah, it's the easy option to, to enter the transfer portal right now, but – we want you to stay here and be part of the team and that like kind of mentality, which, which is good for first year. Yeah. I, I, th I definitely think that, you know, this team is bonded together and, and really, you know, have a 
it's a different vibe, it seems like. You know, there's not really the – it seemed like Brian Mauer, Darrell Middleton, there was always that Twitter drama. Yeah. You know, that just wanting attention. And there doesn't seem like there's a lot on this Tennessee team, at least not like on social media. Um, now, again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in practice, so maybe there is some of that. But – um, it's not as public as it has been in the past, so that's definitely nice to see. Yeah, we don't have the um, the typical Brian Mauer TikToks trying to get sympathy three times a week and all that yeah, stuff. Isn't he so playing nice. in the like intramurals? Uh, yeah, I think he is. So he was he was getting trashed on for like how he was playing the intramurals, and <clears throat> dude, he was getting so like butthurt about like probably what some like little sophomore said. Like, just a bad right. look to go on TikTok and like pin people's comments and like talk trash on them i don't know yeah yeah don't do that um let's see let's get into recruiting a little bit so we kind of mentioned you know recruiting your own team um but transfers are you know they're able to take visits this week they're able to you know coaches are able to meet with them i think tennessee was meeting with zach evans tonight or last night um trying to get him on a visit this weekend i think he already visited Ole miss um from the looks of it, he just wants to be in a high-powered offense, and I think this offense would be perfect, perfectly suited for him. You know, you have a guy where you're not – you have a guy in Jabari Small probably behind you that, you know, if you're hurt or you need to come out, he's perfectly capable of, of you know, carrying the load. Um, but I, I think he's at over 1,200 yards at TCU in his past two seasons, and it's not like – TCU's just got a great offensive line and, you know, great offense, period. Um, he, he's kind of doing a lot of that on his own. So he's a special talent. You know, I wish we could have got him as a, you know, coming out of high school. But, hey, you know, that's why you keep those relationships open. Um, and, you know, the I think his last official visit was to Tennessee like two years ago. So for him to be back on campus, he's seen this campus, I think, a couple times. So. Um, I, I think he's familiar with it. And then just adding Josh Heupel in this high-powered offense with a quarterback that can really get you the football, um, can really open up the field and, and, you know, create running lanes for a special back like Zach Evans. Yeah, for sure. It's it's good that, that the connection's already established there. I, I can't trust Twitter for anything because I've seen everything from people saying he's down between Ole Miss and Tennessee, and then there's some people saying it's all a – PR scheme and he's not even going to visit. I don't know. But until I actually get clear details on it, obviously we would love to have him. We have a very spread out back situation right now, but we don't have like that. I mean, again, you said Jabari Small, I'm not going to trash on him, but like that key player that Zach Evans could definitely be with his supporting group behind him with what we already have established now would be, would be huge. And I know that a lot of all fans would love to see him on campus, obviously. And like we said, we've already been rooting for him for about two years now since he was, entering his senior year in high school. So that, that yeah. would be big for sure. I mean, he's just a difference maker. He's a home run threat. At any point, he could take it to the house. Um, and I, I think a healthy time, Evans was like that too. But, uh, you know, him just dealing with injuries and just not wanting to be here kind of threw off his season a little bit. But I, I think he could have got a 1,000 yards pretty easily um, if he would have stayed healthy. So I think that's an appeal to Zach Evans as well. I think um, Jabari and uh, – 
Tyon combined for like fourteen hundred yards, I think fourteen touchdowns, something like that, or maybe maybe twelve hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. We just had a really solid year between the two of them, and you know Tennessee just, I mean, due to offensive line and injuries and stuff like that, they didn't rush a lot. I think Tyon Evans only played like six games. I think maybe seven, but I think he had one carry against Kentucky and then didn't go back in, so you can't yeah. really count that. So six games, he had 600 yards. He was average, averaging 100 yards a game. Um, you know, he had 150 against Missouri. So, yeah, I think this is definitely a, an offense that's appealing to Zach Evans um, and, and any offensive playmaker. If you're a receiver, I mean, you got to look at what Cedric Tillman did before this season. I mean, he is – been here for three years and had, what, eight catches? I think he has nine touchdowns so far this season. So, I mean, just look at the development of Cedric Tillman. Um, you know, it's amazing what good quarterback play can do for you. Right. I mean, I think, I think you know, hiring Josh Heupel, some of these these recruits that we had talked to or the players that weren't sure in Tennessee just didn't make the cut, I think probably – raise their alarm a little bit. And then after watching the season play out and see that there is very great offensive de- development there and seeing where you can fit into those positions, like you said, how he's probably picturing that, you know, if I get into that spot that Tyon Evans was in and I can do, you know, this at TCU, I don't see why with that new power offense that they have, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't see himself being a great fit here for at least that purpose, whether it's stuff in the locker room or coaching things, that's different, but it's really a no brainer for me, but obviously a little biased. Yeah, I hope Josh Heupel is a guy who kind of takes things personally. Um, like all the transfers, he's like, okay, you want to transfer? That's fine, but I'm going to make you regret that transfer. And I think a lot of those kids did regret it. Right. <clears throat> Especially, I mean, Henry Toto probably doesn't regret it. You know, he's in the college football playoff. But a guy like Eric Gray, Juanita Morris, who, you know, didn't have as big of an impact as they had last season at Tennessee. Jameer Johnson at Texas A&M. You know, we could have really used him, you know, both of those tackles this season. Um, Air Gray would have been a great running back to have in that rotation, especially when Jabari and uh, Tyon Evans dealt with injury and, you know, just didn't. So I hope he I hope he writes that stuff down. Hey, I'm going to make you regret it. Just like this 2022 class, I mean, in-state-wise. I mean, none of those kids really gave Josh Heupel a chance. You know, the um, Dallin Hayden, you know, didn't really come visit. The Wade twins didn't really come visit. Um, Ty Simpson, nope. Yeah. Um, Barry on Brown, nope. Walter Nolan. Walter Nolan's been up for an official visit, but, I mean, he didn't. I mean, this is a special 2022 in-state class like a lot of that i was talking to somebody today a lot of that talent does not come around these parts very often um but i hope josh heupel is just like okay you know that's fine but i'm gonna make you regret it but keep those lines open because you you know maybe in the portal you get some of those guys back yeah especially with how crazy the portal's been lately and how much more it's being it's being used i'd hope that that's the case and that you know those people those people do see that and realize that maybe you know, because that's that's going to be a huge thing getting that in-state talent to try to pull into uh, Tennessee a little bit more. So I hope that he does go in there and proves him wrong and says, okay, so maybe next recruiting class they'll stick around those in-state recruits. So that would be that's the ideal goal, obviously, because that's the talent that we need to really 
keep in state and come to Tennessee. Yeah, I, th- I think we've, you know, he's done fine recruiting. You know, didn't get those in-state kids, but I think he's done a fine job of, um, you know, you're kind of behind the eight ball with the 2022s. You know, you're getting some of these JUCO guys and, uh, you know, kind of missed out on a lot of the in-state prospects, a lot of quarterbacks that you probably would have been in um, if you had something to sell to them. Uh, but a lot of those quarterbacks come off the board, before, you know, during their junior year. So, Hard to really get in. We got in with Taven Jackson. I think he's um, going to be a, a good player at Tennessee. But yeah, I, ho- I hope he takes it personal because um, I mean, Jacob Copeland was one that you know entered the transfer portal today. I don't know where he's going to end up at. You know, could it be Tennessee? I think Tennessee has a need for a um, outside receiver. I don't know if he fits that mold of what they're looking for in terms of character and all that stuff. I don't, I just don't know, but (laughs) him picking Florida, his mom getting up and leaving and being upset that he picked Florida. And I think it was for reasons other than like, she wanted him out of the state from what I understand, but you know, for him to pick Florida and then, you know, kind of transfer two years later, I'm like, mom's right. You got to listen to mom. Mom's always right. You got to recruit mom harder than you got to do the kid. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's one of those where I kind of hope. I mean, I would. I mean, you're right. Tennessee obviously would like probably need that talent there. Not sure it fits that well, but karma's coming coming back. That two years ago, I remember that pissed me off pretty bad. I was just like, dude. First off, it's embarrassing as ever. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's really nice to see kind of Florida implode. You know, we kind of went through that last last year. So them, you know, being dead last and recruiting in the SEC is hilarious. I mean, it couldn't happen to a better program, honestly. Right. Carmen just comes full swing, and I love it. <clears throat> yeah. I think they've lost, like, what, six commits? Uh, I think yeah. they lost more four-star commits than we currently have four-star commits, which is, I guess, sad on our part, but it's still hilarious <laughs> um, for old Florida. Um, kind of good news with Tennessee recruiting. You picked up a three-star – uh, junior college cornerback Desmond Williams. Um, he's 5'11", 190 at an East Central Community College. He is listed as the number one JUCO cornerback in the country and number five JUCO player overall in the country. Um, played in 23 games in junior college and uh, had 13 interceptions. I think he led the conference in interceptions this season. Um, I think he returned a couple kicks also for touchdowns, so can help in the return game as well. And the third DB commit in a week. You, know, you had Jordan Thomas, you had Des Williams, and um, who am I? Oh, Christian Harrison. Um, so building that depth at defensive back, I think it's huge. You know, when you look at Alante not really playing, you don't have a ton of guys behind him that that are options. Um, you know, I, I think we named Deshaun Rucker and um, Brandon Turnage. I don't know anybody else that plays cornerback, honestly. Right, Kenneth no, George Jr. Much. is out, so I mean, I don't know anybody else that's listed as a cornerback on that roster. No, it's definitely depleted in that spot. That's why, I mean, I'll take as many as we can get and just test them out because that spot is depleted. So that's that's somewhere that we really need to fill in. Yeah, um, and I think Desmond has uh, two years of eligibility, so he's a guy that you know they're hoping that can come in and, and help out immediately. He has offers from Houston, 
uh, Mississippi State, Memphis, West Virginia. Um, some nice little offers in there. And, uh, again, you know, you can't coach ball skills. I mean, you can practice them all you want to, but if you don't have that in you, you just don't have it. Um, so, a guy that can come up with 13 interceptions, I'm all for that. For sure. Oh, yeah. Because I think last year I, I joked about it with Caleb about every week. We had to lead the nation and drop picks. Had to. <laughs> so, you know, having a guy that can, you know, when he's able to get his hands on the football, he capitalizes on that. I'm awful with that. So, love me some Des Williams. Um, hopefully he's able to get a couple picks next season um, for this team, however he's used. Yeah. Um, and then a four-star wide receiver, Caleb Caleb Webb, um, was supposed to make his decision today between uh, Michigan and Louisville and has pushed back his um, commitment till tomorrow. I think he's doing it in front of a school. So um, he's going to do that on Friday. <clears throat> uh, he officially visited last weekend um, and then decommitted from ECU. He won a state title on track. He runs a sub-11. 40. He's fast. I think he's listed at 6'3", so can go up and make those contested catches, and he's got a really good one um, that he's going to be playing behind in Cedric Tillman. He can really learn from those um, contested catches because he's one of the best in the country. At me. Yeah, it was... <laughs> we'll clip that and see what uh, feedback you get on there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, was, I was looking forward to that today, but I think that's going to be huge having Tennessee in his top three and probably got a pretty solid chance to land him. And after that visit, like you said, he decommitted along with um, speaking of Florida, we had Chandler Smith wide receiver decommit after his visit to Tennessee. So if uh, literally, I don't even care if you're trash, if you decommit to Florida and come to Tennessee, makes my heart happy. Legendary. It's just, it's a power move. So I respect anybody that'll do that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure where he is. Um, It can't hurt. I guess with CJ Smith, just not, um, you know, right after his official visit to decommit from Florida. But I think, you know, he's probably going to take a, a couple more visits, <clears throat> probably a midweek visit, probably go somewhere this weekend. You know, he's a big track guy. So I, don't, I know that's um, something that he wants to, to do. He wants to play both in college. So that, that's probably not saying Tennessee's track program is bad. I'm just saying, like, Florida is definitely one of the best in the country. So right. um, if he's willing to decommit, I, I think there's a big need to have a good track program too. So, uh, but hey, maybe Tennessee can sell him on that. Yeah. Come, cool. come get a thousand yards receiving, come win a couple uh, hundred meter dashes and, and we'll call it a day. Yeah, actually, I mean, if our track program – I mean, Coleman's going to be uh, – those are those records are different, but if we're not that good, then you can just beat more records. So, I mean, that's what I'm selling them on. I'm like, look, if you want to do track as well, we got we got some vacancies on that. Um, we got Gatlin. We got um, right. Coleman. I mean, yeah, <coughs> the list goes on. Um, Yeah, be another one of those guys. Maybe not off the track because I know they've dealt with some issues with PDs and stuff like that, but – Hey. Yeah, let's stay clean. Yeah. Especially for football. Stay clean for football, at least. Yeah, I want you to be successful in track, too, but football is definitely more important to me. 
Right. Um, and you could have a big uh, transfer visitor. We mentioned Zach Evans. He could make it up this weekend. We'll see. Um, and then Jared Verse is supposed to be up here. Defensive lineman out of the University of Albany will have three years of eligibility. And um, this year he had nine and a half sacks, 11 and a half tackles for loss, 51 tackles. Um, so just kind of ate it up at Albany. Um, so that's a guy that Rodney Gardner, I'm sure, really took notice of, evaluated, liked him, and hopefully we can get him on campus and, and see what he can do in the orange and white. It's a step in, up in competition, but, you know, Rodney Gardner knows what he's doing. So, you know, we're happy to have Jared Verse, who has apparently got a ton of traction in the portal. You know, a ton of teams want him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trevor asked how the Vols doing recruiting, training up, down, or stagnant. So, like, if you could grade overall, because we've heard a lot of names floating around, like, train up, down, like, are you happy with where we're at? Do you think, you know? Um, I just think circumstance-wise, like, it's – I think it's been fine. I, I think people really like Josh Heupel and the staff on the recruiting trail. Um, you just – you were kind of playing catch-up. You right. know, with the with the big fish, with the Todd Simpson, Walter Nolan, Dallin Hayden, you know, guys that were already committed, it was hard to get in there without really having anything to sell them on um, before they already made a decision and then just really couldn't get them back on campus. You know, no point in, in the SEC, it's huge, but when you're not a contender, you know, I, I just don't – I know, like, looking from Tennessee last year to this year is two totally different teams. Um but as far as like record wise, like I, I don't know. It would just be hard for me to leave a team like Alabama, Ohio State. I don't think Texas A and M really had that great of a year. I've mentioned that a couple times. I just don't get the appeal to Texas A and M. But whatever. Um, it would be hard for me to leave those teams to come to Tennessee. That's at seven and five. Right. When you already think- made a decision. Right. I think they're still left with a lot to prove. We've obviously been sheltered and dealt the shorthand here. So, I mean, I'm not upset with where we're at, but obviously there's way more work to be done. We can't look at it after one season going seven and five while we're going to a bowl game. We'll see how that goes. But you can't look at that and be like, oh, they sold me. Like, unless Mm -hmm. it's going to take some time to be able to rebuild that stature and be able to pull people from transfer portal and from other teams. Yeah, I think they've done a fine job. I want to see them with a – you know, full time to evaluate, offer, and get commits. So maybe that 2023, you'll have a better understanding of what this staff can do recruiting wise. But I think they got a good chance to finish out strong with, uh, you know, Justin Williams, who's supposed to officially visit this weekend. Tyree West, four star defensive tackle, committed to Georgia. Um, Christian Harrison, the Tennessee commit, will also um, officially visit this weekend. You got three-star edge, Gabriel Yakis, um, the two-lane commit, Amari Jackson, three-star cornerback from um, down in McDonough, Georgia. That is a Boston College commit. Um, and then I mentioned Jared Verse. But you also have Jeffrey Mba, who was here last week. Um, I mentioned Justin Williams. Caleb Webb is, is some guy, C.J. Smith. Um, so they got a good chance to figure out or finish out pretty well. Um, right now they're listed at number 18. I think if you're able to hold that spot, I think I think that's pretty solid 
you know, coming from where you're at and coming from, um, where were you last year? 23rd. I think you got a lot of guys like you've, you've hit, you're going to save some for the portal. So, I mean, can you really look at recruiting rankings when you're saving that stuff for the portal or does, you know, you want guys that can help immediately. And Tennessee had a ton of those guys that came in from the portal. Hennon Hooker, um, Valus Jones, Caleb Tremblay, Dejon Terry, um, Javante Payton, you know, a ton of guys that really came in and, I mean, Brandon Turner really only played one game, but he was defensive player of the week um, when he played. So Tennessee definitely had some some good pickups out of the transfer portal, and so hopefully they're able to add some more and keep this, you know, recruiting class that they have right now intact and add some more to it. And I think, yeah, I'd give it maybe a B minus, B plus, or B something like that. Yeah, that's a pretty fair scale. There's a lot. There's a lot of names moving around now. A lot going on, and I'm sure that will only get more exciting as early signing period gets closer. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I guess that's a week. We got a week until National Signing Day. Yeah. That's nuts. That happened fast. Um, but yeah, a lot of yeah. those guys will sign. Um, I'm interested to see if Tennessee signs another. You know, if Caleb Webb gets in this class, C.J. Smith wants in, do they take a fifth wide receiver? Because then you're – then do you go after somebody in the portal? I feel like you have to go get somebody in the portal. So, I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see if they end up taking five receivers in this that are high school freshmen. Yeah. Or, I don't, I don't call it freshman. That'd be interesting to me. Yeah, I know you're definitely trying to fill some spots there, but that would that would be interesting to me how that's going to work out and how you're going to play that many people to their different talent level, and probably someone will be end up left or end up not feeling like they're used, and then you end up in the portal again. I don't know. Like so, just I'm sure they know what they're doing, but I hope that's not the case. Where it, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see where we end up. Um, we'll have a ton of coverage on that, so check us out. Oh, man, are we already to it? I I wish we weren't, but. <laughs> Dude, six for 40. Good I, God. I texted y'all the other night, but I, I genuinely think if – I want to see a stat between Vols fans and normal people with heart rate, and I don't care, or like – Death stats. I know Vol fans die earlier than normal people, and they're more likely to. I know personally, they're they're taking five, ten years off my life because the stress that I went through. It's just I can't handle it. I, I was going, yeah. I was going up a wall. It's like stop shooting threes, stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I it got to the point where I was just laughing every time they would chuck one up. I'm like, dude. I was like, that's not going in. I mean, that's, I love just side Jordan James. I do. But holy crap, <laughs> dude, you are shooting 12% for the year. 12% yeah. from three. Stop. Yeah. Take one step in the arc and try that. Yeah. I would rather, like, I know we say live by the three, die by the three. But when yeah. you're already dead by the three, like, halfway through the game, you got like, to try something different. And especially Texas Tech wasn't dominant. It wasn't like we were down 30 points. Like, they looked 
equally as bad. They were four for 24. So like we could have capitalized so much better being able to, I know we couldn't penetrate that well, but. I mean, you make one more three in regulation, you win that game. I know. And it's the most, I mean, you had, you shot 40 of them and you made six. So, I mean, and Viscovi's just got to learn, like, I know you just love to put up the three, but when you're not hot, like when you just miss four in a row and you're, there was, there was one point where he was like double covered. And I was like, he literally just tried to like Steph Curry that and toss it up from like four feet behind the arc. It's just not, like God, I don't know if Rick Barnes just. I would I would pay a lot of money to be in that huddle because I'm just very curious how that that transpired. Yeah, I mean they they definitely you know loaded the the paint and didn't let Kenny Chandler um, beat him by driving. You know they made him shoot shots, but it it wasn't like Tennessee was shooting a ton of bad shots. No, it was just they just Correct. couldn't throw it in the ocean. And I don't know if it was something about the court. Or the basketball, but no, none of those four teams that played on that court that night shot over thirty six percent. Yeah, which especially Syracuse coming in, I thought the Bayhives would, and Villanova too. I mean, that I was so it's kind of the same situation. Maybe just maybe just tight rims, but yeah, I don't know. It was damn. super strange. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to see anything like that again. I mean, we only shot thirty one twos. Yeah, forty threes, thirty one twos. It just. I think you're relying on it too much. I think there is such thing, you know, live by the three, die by the three. But we just like we mass murdered the three, is what we did. Right. I mean, it was. I don't. And then fifty percent from free throws. If you make a couple more free throws, you win the game. Right. That's one of the things. That's first. That's one of those games where you say like, I'd rather just lose like we did to Villanova and just get stomped out, so you can look at it and not be like. You shot 43s, and if I told you we went 10 for 40 from three and we beat that team by 10 points in regulation, it's like, oh, you guys played well. It's like, let's just ignore the fact that you missed 30 other three-pointers. But the fact that you only made six and still lost the game after going to overtime is just – that just nags me. That whole game was painful to watch. And then once, obviously, Josiah's missed layup was – I knew the game was over right then. I was like, no. Oh, yeah. You knew we weren't winning that when we had a a wide-open breakaway to take the lead and um, just botched. I mean, (laughs) it was a perfect representation of that game. That's what that game was. Yeah. Like the stage is set, Madison Madison Square Garden, Texas Tech, Tennessee, you know, two really good programs, and – that's the kind of basketball game we got. Yeah. Well, and it is thought... it is alarming because that is a big stage against a pretty good basketball team. And for them to come out and shoot like that, I'm like, dude, that's I mean, because those are some of the games you're gonna be playing in March. Right. We gonna have one of those another performance like that in March. Well, that's what worries me about the depth is like I just I don't right now, I don't have confidence that coming into March, we'll be able to come up because that shows that hot and cold. If that's that's awesome. If Tennessee loves to just beat the living hell out of like the awful teams. Like they they like to make them look like, oh, then we can do that against, you know, if we can beat them by 80, we can at least play a close game. And then we get to these these important games and it's like we're not we're gonna make it to second round in March. We're not even gonna get anywhere. So like I mean, I mean it worries me. I I don't have a lot of confidence right now. So, I mean, unless I see something turn around and have a little bit more consistency in those games that you're already, I mean, six, I like that six. I keep looking at that six from 40 number and like, you're not going to get anywhere going 15% from three with that many shots in March. You're going to, 
we're gonna get upset by somebody in the first round. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's definitely alarming. Um, and Tennessee gets absolutely nothing from their bigs offensively. No, I know John Fulgerson had ten points, ten rebounds, but in thirty six minutes, I I didn't think he played very well. Uh, I think he had a really some really nice blocks. I think he had five blocks in the game. Um, but Olivier played 13 minutes. He was a non-factor. Didn't really give you much. Uro didn't give you much, um, which he never does. So uh, I'm just – I don't know. It's it's not – I mean, deciding Jordan James gives you a lot defensively. I think he's Tennessee's probably best defender. Um, and he had nine rebounds. Dude, one for eight. Yeah. You're shooting 12%. From three, like, why? Zakai Ziegler, one for seven. Victor Bailey yeah. from field goal was one for six, 3.1% one for six. Justin Powell, 0 for three from, a, you know, field goal, 0 for three, three point. Like, they only shot threes. Like, stop. Yeah. Do something yeah. else. Makes, I mean, you're, you're not going to, you're not Kyle Corver. You don't just right. go in. You're not in a basketball game to just shoot threes. You're not good enough yeah. to do that. No. And it's it, there. It's not like we just. I mean, I don't know if the mindset was like, okay, we got to get our break eventually. Like these are good players. They're going to start making them. But at halftime, I don't. I don't remember what we were. I mean, it was. I think twenty nine. I think we were two or three for twenty nine by halftime, and it was like or twenty seven or something like that, where it was like, okay, it's a pretty good idea that let's draw it up that. Penetrate, shoot mid-range shots. If you miss four mid-range shots in a row, I'm at least happier than you just going up and tossing up threes and they're just breaking. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you're right. Fulkerson, while he had, he was the only player with double digits and and he had ten rebounds, I just I didn't feel like he was as much a presence on the court as I've seen over the past thousand years of him playing at UT. So, mm-hmm. just there's a lot of stuff I would like to see them worked off. Um, basically, every on everybody and every aspect. Yeah, just an, not a great game. It was not fun to watch. Um, it, it wasn't fun to watch. Even if we would have won that game, it wasn't fun to watch. Oh, um, I, I didn't want to win the game at that point. But then you lost and only scored 52, and you went to played five more minutes of overtime. I mean, that's – it's not good. And, and it's not like Texas Tech had this just huge presence in the lane. I think most of those guys were 6'8". So, I mean, it's not like they just – they had uh, what's Azabuki from Kansas. You know, they had a couple yeah. of those guys in there. No, it was our bigs would get the ball, and they couldn't do anything. They're, I mean, Texas Tech was good defensively. Tennessee was too, but Texas Tech just shot a little better was the difference in the game. Um, you know, you had Tennessee's bench players stand up 40 times, you know, you know, with their little hoping it goes in, and 34 times they were disappointed. 41 if we're um i'm gonna do it to you i'm gonna show you the picture just to make you cringe a little more but the <laughs> we got the whole bench standing up and then so yeah hey the uh the the, the bench players are getting their, their leg workouts in. i'll tell you that but yeah they're getting their damn, squats in i mean they're gonna have that cake you know going to hannah's <laughs> on the strip um that's damn straight good for them but yeah just uh not great. Let's forget about it. Um, Tennessee hopefully moves on. I, I as uncomfortable out 
as I was watching that game, I would have made them ride a school bus back from New York City. That's what I would have done. Yeah, I just – You I made those fans sit through that game? Really? Yeah. We're, we're not well, taking the plane back. You're right. Livid. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to – it better be a sad-ass bus ride. I don't want any talking. <clears throat> I just nah. – silence. Because if I'm Rick Barnes, I just have to be so frustrated with the fact that – and, and uh, part of it, I – I mean, I'm not going to, like, put the blame on him or whatever, but that last play of the game, in, re- in regulation at least, uh, four and a half seconds coming down, and you've got – I maybe the display was wrong, but they had a timeout that it was showing on the screen – I don't see why you, you don't call a timeout there. You had uh, the Scobie was right open on the wing. And if you're not going to call a timeout, he should have cut in. But of course, I get Viscovi wide open for three. I'll take my chances most days. But after seeing most of this game, drive in. It's a tie game. Go up for it. And if you don't get it, you get the foul. And worst comes to worst, you tie the game and go to overtime if there's a no call. But I mean, if you're Viscovi and you seem to have a wide open lane, you go in there, dish it off. The defender was coming right out to cover Chandler because he looked like he was about to take a three and just draw the foul. I don't know. Like, it's just – I hope they at least saw that and go back and look at it and just realize that that was just like a sloppy game. It was disgusting. But I, if we're going to see more of that this season, it's going to be a long, long couple of next months. Yeah, and I think another thing that's alarming, you've had, what, three games that Tennessee's looked pretty bad in? Um, yeah. Texas Tech. Villanova, of course. Um, Tennessee Tech, they didn't look great. Colorado, I, I didn't I didn't think they just looked incredible. Um, you won that game by 15, but I, I thought it could have been a lot more. I don't think Colorado is very good. Um, and I think at ETSU, weren't we – wasn't it close? I guess it wasn't close at halftime. I thought it was. Um, yeah, just not – They've had – yeah, they've, they've had a couple games where they haven't looked good. So, um, I think consistency needs to be something that you fix fast. Because, I, I mean, when you come into the SEC schedule, it's not like it gets easy. No. You know, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, um, you play Arkansas Texas. Just, it's going to keep getting harder. And even the rest of this schedule, you got Memphis is terrible. But, I mean, the way we looked on – Tuesday, Memphis could beat us. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona looks good. Alabama. Yep. Be, that stretch is going to be either really painful or we somehow flip a switch, which seems like the not-so-likely option right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see where this team is at. Um, you know, they, they just got to find a way to get to the rim. I mean, if – I don't think they did a great job of – you know, ball reversals and everything in the first half. I think they did a little better in the second half, but then there was that mental hurdle of trying to throw one in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, They have – I feel like they have the building blocks to do it, certainly, with the talent that they already have. And I think they have a lot of talent that's not being utilized to the best ability right now. Um, So I would love to see something click within soon because you're right as soon as we get to sec play it's only going to get harder and something's going to have to take a turn early because i mean we're what is it six and two so we're eight games in and if you start if you get to game 14 or 15 and don't have it fixed i don't see like an automatic flip once sec play starts and now you've got a good chance in the sec tournament and going into march especially if you get a bad seed there's a lot of teams in college basketball this year that probably will have a pretty low seed and have a pretty decent chance at upsets there's some good hidden talent this year. So it's just definitely something that I would like to see them get ironed out. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they got two tune-up games um, until they play Memphis and Nashville. So they got UNC Greensboro um, on Saturday at four thirty. Then they have USC Upstate um, at seven o'clock on Tuesday, and then they'll have Memphis. Is that on? When is that? Eighteen. Is that on Saturday? That is on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yep. Um, in Nashville. So, and then it's Arizona. Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU. So, you know, you don't really get a huge break um, in between those games. Um, so, UNC Greensboro, USC Upstate, use those games to fix what you need to fix. Um, get that rotation set. You know, get those big some work. I, I think they need all the work they can get. And, you and know, if you got to, UNC Greensboro, if you got to throw it into Olivier and Fulgerson and Brandon Hunley Hatfield and just let them do post moves all game, hey, do it. I Whatever know. It was the king of the king of post moves. I used to love him. I mean, he gets in the paint. And I'm like, he's got a good chance of just turning around and making this kid look stupid by doing a little turnaround jumper on him mid range, yeah. a little 15 footer, floater all day. I'll take it. But rebounds yeah, too. Those big guys got the rebounds. You know, some of those guys are still kind of injured. I know Josiah Jordan James. Um, you know, John Fulgerson has the thumb injury, so. You know, maybe we see those guys get back to full health sometime this season, but one high alert. I don't I just don't know what to think about this team yet. No, neither do I. I'm not I'm not as excited as I was, but I'm sure we'll have a really good game against well, I'm not sure of it, but if we do have a good game against Memphis, Arizona, or Alabama in that stretch, I'm sure I'll be right back on the wagon. So Right. <sighs> All right. Well, do we have any more questions from anybody? Anybody roasts? I hope. I haven't kept the Twitter chat open too much, but I like a little. Uh... I'm cool with the roast. I'm... Yeah. I will say this: Sonic really just threw off my night. I love Sonic. I don't. I try not to eat fast food, but when I go, I like Sonic. Um, I think their fries are. Um, very underrated. I know a lot of people get tots. I get fries because I think their fries are good. And dude, I was the only person in the drive through line, and it took me 20 minutes. Dude, anytime I've ever had Sonic, it literally like I just almost pull out of the drive through because I'm like, this is like, what are they doing inside? Like, and I'll watch them and they're just like talking. I'm like, is this like a nationwide thing? Like, I've been to several Sonics, and like, you guys just like, is that your motto to just, yeah. Because they don't uh, have the I with two number ones. Like I, I didn't get anything. Just I didn't get an ice cream or you know Sonic Blast or anything like that. I just got two basic meals and yeah, twenty minutes. And it wasn't yeah, even different meals. It was the same thing, same, the same stuff on the burger. In twenty minutes, they even went like, behind me and gave the food to the person behind me, and they pulled out and left. It wasn't like right before they closed. This is like prime time hours for food. Yeah, this was at uh seven fifteen. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's unbelievable. Sonic's on Sonic's on blast right now. They're on the hot seat. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about calling, just being like, yo. <laughs> I mean, I waited for twenty minutes. All the dude said was like, sorry about that. It's like twenty minutes to drive through. This isn't a, a sit down. Free ice cream or anything. <laughs> Seriously, oh, yeah, this is a uh, it's seven seven dollars. I don't do well in those situations. I would have been 
way I would have been so enraged by like five, ten minutes in the drive. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was getting a little antsy. I'm like, dude, I gotta eat. I gotta I gotta record the show. So can we wrap this thing up? I mean my dude, just give me something. Just give me give me two Coney deals. You got those ready? Just throw them in there. Oh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, not a great day for Sonic. Uh, I guess I caught him at a bad time. Yeah, they, they the couldn't. They service. couldn't hit a shot either. God. Um. Let's go to uh, what's trending. What you got? Um. The first thing I got is. Um. The EA Sports is aiming to launch its new college football game in the summer of 2023. Says okay. the CEO of Collegiate Licensing. I can I can take that. I remember when they announced that like it was like that Two they could make it. Yeah. yeah, and then that they were like, oh, it's gonna be like a long time though. I was like, oh, we're not gonna get this to like 25 or something. Like I'm literally gonna be out of college by the time this thing drops. But next summer, yeah. I'll I'll. That's gonna be electric. Yeah, I'm gonna gain some weight for sure. Oh yeah, gosh, I'm gonna. I'm so excited. See, there's no more like you know, it's trying to get that that beach bod. It's trying to get that keep off that NCAA bod. Oh yeah, like I'm sitting inside all day. Oh yeah, because I think the last one was NCAA 2014. It was 14, right? I think back on my yeah PS two. Oh. Those were the days of the little mascot versus mascot games. Those mm-hmm. were elite. Road to glory. Oh, I'm so excited that I just know that that's gonna be the most nostalgic. Like that opening intro. They better not put some bum on the cover or do some stupid soundtrack because that's just gonna. And knowing EA, it'll be pay to win, and they'll spike all these packs with coins and just make it trash. But I'll, I'll enjoy it while we got it. Uh, yeah, I'll pay for it probably. Yeah, I'll I'll do what I do for Madden every year. Your mic's unplugged. I think. There we go. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't unplug. It just went out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's the only game I want. So, like, I'll just stop buying every other game. Oh, I'll put down Madden for NCAA all day. Yeah, Madden sucks. Madden's trash. I can't even play 2K anymore. Any of those games are just... I'll get Repetitive. it for, like... I do the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. I'll, I'll do the same thing every year for Madden. I didn't this year. I was proud of myself. But every year I get Madden. I buy the extra version. I get the cool packs. I get like an A3 overall ultimate team, and I stop playing the game. And the next thing you know, I hop yeah. on like a month later, and everyone's got 95 overall. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. No, I feel that. And, and what sucks is like those games are the only games I'm good at. Like I'm, I play Fortnite and Warzone and stuff like that. I'm not very good. Like, I'm just not great at shooter games, but I'm really good at, like, 2K. I was – one year I broke my ankle in the summer, and I was, like, like ranked in 2K. Like, that's how good I got over the summer. Um, okay. Yeah, no no flex, but, yeah, I used to be – That's the best, though. Pretty legit at, at 2K. And then I just can't play it anymore. It just sucks. Like, the grind of it is terrible. You got to do, like, the – Freaking park stuff that's trash. And like, 
when you start the game, everybody else like like has bought all the stuff, and I, I don't spend any more money than I have to on the game. So like, they have these ninety nine overall guys, and you're there with a sixty overall, trying to like get a rebound and build your guy up, and it's just it's nonstop losing until you play it for months. Right, you're still rocking the brown shirt and gray sweatpants on party. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy. And those two K shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. It's literally just a bunch of sweats nowadays. Like you're you don't have a chance unless you're just spending a hundred dollars every week on it. Mm-hmm. And then the the Madden, like they try to do that like quarterback thing. It's just trash. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, like the college comparison or whatever. I didn't I didn't play this year, so I don't know that much on it, but we had that same thing every year. One year where you were the quarterback and you had Colt the Wide receiver. Oh. Yeah, I'm just like, talking oh, about. That is ugh, gross. We're just putting yeah. people on blast. I love it. I know. Um, what else do you got for – you got anything for what's trending? Uh, yeah, I was seeing that the Oregon wants – Oregon wants Chip Kelly back. They're uh, going to look to talk to him for his UCLA position, and obviously it's Chip Kelly. They would love to have him back, I bet. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, Spencer Rattler was said to go to UCLA. Does he end up going to Oregon now? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that, but I mean, it's really be more good UCLA if Chip Kelly's not there. Yeah, especially. I mean, I don't know what that would open up for UCLA job, but Kelly's a tank. They went, he went uh, what? He went forty six and seven at his time at Oregon. So, I mean, Oregon's already they were halfway there this year. So. Chip yeah. Kelly can get there. Yeah, I'm. I just think it's going to be the Pac-12 is only going to get better with Lincoln Riley there. Um, right. I mean, do I think it's still super competitive? No, but it's going to be Oregon or USC probably is going to win. So yeah, why not go to you know Oregon's got those recruits. So if I'm Chip Kelly, if I want to compete with USC. I think Oregon's facilities and stuff are better than UCLA's. Yeah. There was a moment there where Oregon was dominated college football. They were the most exciting, fun team with all their different jerseys and stuff. Yeah, so DeAnthony Thomas and yeah. Mariota and all them. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, I have uh, Brett Venables going to Oklahoma. Yeah. I think that's – Interesting because it's, you know, he's a defensive guy. So for them to go that route in a conference where they don't really play a lot of defense is interesting. And apparently he's trying to get Jeff Levy to go with him as the OC. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Does that change any Arch Manning or anything like that? Does it change? You know, him looking at Ole Miss, you know, I know him laying in a bed with that girl saying, yeah. Um, hotty toddy. But, you know, does Jeff Lebby change that at all? It's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, I, I think that is – I mean, that's a good hire. I mean, you've he's waited, I guess, on this opportunity to go to one of the top programs because he's turned down – every time Tennessee has an opening, Britt Venables is up there um, or at least talked about. But – he has kind of stayed his time at Clemson, and you're seeing a lot of Clemson, at least defensive guys, decommit. 
because he's leaving. So, yeah, I was just about to ask. This, this is like, downfall downfall of Dabo. Yes, I was literally about to say. I'm pretty sure this is the downfall of Dabo and Clemson. I mean, I think we're we're witnessing. The, That's the awesome. That's cool with me. I can't crumble at our feet. Oh no, get off TikTok. Come on, but I'm down. TikTok. There's gonna be. A, I hate him. Dude, he's so weird. Yeah. It's almost creepy, like, how weird he is. I know, I understand he's probably a nice guy, but, like, his whole, like, stance on the NIL, he's like, I don't want to coach anymore if we're going to pay paying players. Hey, buddy, you're still coaching. you're already paying players. Like, <laughs> exactly. DJ Ugalale didn't come all the way from California to freaking – was it Clemson, South Carolina? I think it's close to Greenville. Um, for nothing, right? And it, uh, I mean, it looks like not a healthy marriage, if you ask me. No, that that program's going to be. I'll Hate to see it. See that in the off season. Yes, it's a tragedy. I thought we were going to pull them in a bowl game. I saw some projections on that. Um, yeah, I know no. their defense is pretty good, but dude, we would eat up. Some of that horrible Clemson offense. That would be so fun. We'll battle the orange, but yeah, fine. we got Purdue instead. We I thought we were gonna get Penn State for a little bit too. That would have been great. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. It's whatever. We'll we'll beat up on Purdue, hopefully. Yeah. Take that. Knock on wood. Um that's kinda all I got for what's trending. You got any stupidities? Um, I don't know if you saw Chris Chris Sims was on pro football talk and was drawing comparison between Tua and Taysom Hill, and it wasn't as much what he said. He said he was comparing that to uh, Taysom Hill is better than Tua, and that Tua only does check down five yard passes, and that anybody can do that. But he, yeah, this man got flamed on. Well, because he went on the show and he started being like, "Hey, you idiots on Twitter." He pulled a um, whatever. Uh, oh God, the, the Tennessee the, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fran, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Priscilla. Fran, what a stupid name. Ass. But yeah, seriously, who named a kid Fran? Um, <laughs> but whatever he, so he went on the show and he's like, "You idiots on Twitter!" and like totally like lost his cool. And his Twitter timeline is the most entertaining thing. Like all his comments and stuff, people are just going at him. They're like finding old videos of him and like his career stats in the NFL and like eighteen interceptions and like twelve touchdowns. And Damn. Just, he's just getting flamed, but it's just typical backfire. You see it once someone goes online and you know talks their mess on Twitter and. You're not going to win against Twitter people. Yeah. Never. Love that. Love to see. uh, I mean, just like you're getting paid for those takes. Like Emmanuel Ocho and his like SEC bias rant on. First of all, you're on Fox. No one watches that. (laughs) Skip Bayless is on that network. Second of all, why do you have to every take that you do? Why do you have? Why does he have to preach it? Right. Like he hand motions and like it's like a whole 10 minute clip of him just talking about how the SEC, it's the committee's biased on the SEC and Georgia shouldn't be in because teams aren't in the top 20 anymore. Okay. Who cares? Yes. Who else would you put? A group five team made the college football playoff. There's right. no bias. <laughs> I mean, it, any other team had every opportunity to get in, and they failed to do so. You know, Oklahoma State had one. Ohio State, Notre Dame had their chance. They didn't get in. I mean, if you want to talk about SEC bias, let's talk about Texas A&M not getting in last year 
and Notre Dame getting in. Right. I think he's about just, that. I think he's just trying to be Stephen A. Smith with his overly aggressive. I mean, like, but you're right. You don't have that punt. Let's just stop. And it's very unnecessary. Yeah, you played to in the Big 12. Like, I understand, like, you hate the SEC because you have one of the sorriest conferences ever. Um, right. And even your top teams aren't even top teams anymore. You know, it's it's been Oklahoma and, and Texas, but, I mean, Texas hasn't been relevant since freaking um, Mac. Uh, what's his last name? Um, you're talking about uh, quarterback? No. Oh. Uh, coach. Since freaking Vince Young left, I'll say that. Or Colt McCoy. I mean, they haven't been but, good. Uh, yeah, I know you're saying. Mac Brown. Um, Mac Brown, yeah. Right, after. Since he left. North Carolina, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I understand, like, you hate the SEC, but, like, you're, you're the school that you went to, Texas, is wanting to join the SEC. So, are your takes going to be like that when they're in the SEC, too, when it benefits Texas? Does it? Are you still going to be preaching on SEC bias? Just, I guess some people are just designed to have for ice cold takes, so we can talk about them. They're just yeah, I mean, content. it's it's incredible. I mean, he gets paid to do him and Skip Bayless are just the worst. I, it, it just makes me sick that people make so much money just being idiots. I got another one, Darren Ravel, uh, another guy who literally makes a living <laughs> off just being a freaking moron. Just awful about um, it, yeah. So Max Dugan said it's exactly what it means to be paying players for their name, image, and likeness. What you or I or some company or some booster decide it's worth it is what it's worth. Um, he said, except it's not, offensive linemen aren't marketable. And blindly offering it to an offensive lineman on scholarship before we know their name, image, likeness isn't in the spirit of what this is all about. Dude, I know one thing. Trey Smith yeah, would have made a shit ton of money at Tennessee. Cade Mays was probably he probably made the most money out of anybody right. this season. Um, so yeah, just a just a bad take. This doesn't. It's not. I don't. I wouldn't say it's as much. I mean, I get. I get the gist of it. It's like, but that just comes down to like personality. Like, yes, you're going to see someone like a position player that's going to be like a, a quarterback going to get paid more than a offensive lineman. Yes, right. So, but like. That's just that makes no sense because like if it comes down to it and they're the better player like if they're a skilled position if you get the number one ranked like say offensive lineman coming to your team and he does the right moves in terms of like making the fans like him that's the ones who's doing the nil deal it's not like you're getting the nil deal for fans like all across the country I mean like yeah you're not going to get a Bryce Young who's going to get on like some ad for Nike like and just talk to everybody no it's mostly centered especially towards the fans of that team like I just I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the it's they're not marketable. I mean, I feel like an offensive lineman. If I'm a mom and pop shop at an NIL place, I want the well known offensive lineman because I don't have to worry about stats. If right. he's playing, he's marketable. Right. It's not like you know those people that probably had Joe Milton, and then when he didn't play anymore, you're like, oh crap. Well, that was a waste. You know, because right. he wasn't producing. But uh, offensive lineman, he's playing. I mean. He might have a bad game or two, but you can't really tell on the stat sheet that he did. 
same thing as saying point guards are the only ones that are going to be profitable for NIL and basketball. It's like, look at Fulkerson. He's got mm-hmm. his hometown. I mean, everyone's gathered around him, and no, he's not starting. I mean, like, it's it's just uh, – Yeah, there's more to it than just being – the and that, I think that's what makes college sports so great is, like, you can rally around a John Fulkerson who's – he's not the the best on the court. Right. He never has been. People love him because he stayed his at Tennessee. You know, he – you know, had his moments where, you know, he went off. You know, he beat Kentucky in Rupp Arena. He became a legend from that um, pretty much by himself. So, I mean, it's it's not about the best, but it, it could be a hometown kid. You know, Walter Nolan, everybody knows who that kid is. And he's, right. a, he's in high school. If he right. came to Tennessee, he would be the highest paid player on that team, 100%. Easily. And he doesn't have to be a quarterback to do it. He doesn't have to be a wide receiver to do it. He doesn't have to be the nope. star running back in the face of the program to do it, like just because he's that star position player. Like, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, Darren Ravel is just a, a freaking moron. I mean, he's a weirdo. Watching him do the forty-yard dash is all I needed to say from that man. That he should have been fired be... on the spot. There needs to be a Twitter account, like the the traffic barrel, that just every time he posts something stupid, just the first reply is just hit that video of him running the 40, and then he just gets uh, ratioed on every post. Sir, is that how you run? <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, that's kind of all I got. Yeah, same for me. It's a good episode. Um, guys, we'll be back Sunday night, and um, – We'll have a lot for you guys. Hopefully we get a, some good news on Friday uh, from Caleb Webb. We will be talking more recruiting news, you know, as national or early signing day gets closer um, and visits starts trickling in and stuff like that. We will have um, Tennessee against Green UNC Greensboro on Saturday. So we'll talk about that and uh, yeah, whatever else is going on. So stay with us, check us out on Twitter Check out our personal accounts as well. And uh, we're bringing the boat in, and we out.